We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. Sorry I'm a little late, guys. Man, it's been a busy day. Crazy stuff going on all over the country, including in my little hometown of Dripping Springs, Texas. I'm sure everybody listening has been to Dripping Springs, Texas at least once in your life. No? No? Okay, well, maybe you've heard of Dripping. No, you probably never even heard of Dripping Springs, Texas before. We're just outside Austin. You know, we try to say we're just west of weird. I know Austin likes to say keep Austin weird. Well, we like to say keep dripping normal. So Dripping Springs, Texas is uh, is where the Green family hails from, and that's where our Patriot Academy is based. If you're not familiar with Patriot Academy, check it out today at patriotacademy.com. But I'm so thankful to Walker for letting me have the opportunity this afternoon to share with you and uh, and just be with you here. I love American Family Association. There is so much good work done across the country, not just through the airways, but through all the different ways that we influence the culture. And right now, it is so important to be salt and light. This is a culture that is decaying. The American culture is falling apart right before us. And I don't say that to depress you. I say that to wake you up and realize we are facing a cultural Marxism that wants to destroy America. They want to change America into a socialist, communist, utopian state where the state makes every decision for you. You know, there was a time in America where you made the decisions. There was a time in America, if I was to ask the simple question, who decides? Then most often the answer to that was you, whether it was your health, whether it was how your child was educated, whether it was uh, where you lived, whether it was when you opened your business. And imagine this, there was a time in America where you could decide when the church doors were open. If you're a pastor or or, uh, are you, uh, as a layperson, you, you want to go to church on Sunday morning? You could do that. The state did not make the decision for you. How much it's changed in a few short years. You know, we've gotten to this place where we, for whatever reason, think that there's some government bureaucrat somewhere that knows better than we do and that they can save us. I think that's the real delusion that we're dealing with right now is people are so in fear of a virus, of whatever it might be, they're so in fear that they're just desperate for someone to save them. And too often we're looking to government to be our savior. Well, of course, we know government is no savior. Government's not bad just because it's government. That's a God-created institution. It can be a blessing when it's done right, when it's operating in the way that the Bible says government should work. But it's no savior. We, we we have too often taken our eyes off Christ and said we oh I want this I want this tangible immediate saving from a government or from a uh, you know a business or money or whatever it might be instead of looking to Christ first and knowing that that even our joy not just our salvation not just our 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 eternity but even our daily joy right here on earth is not dependent on who's in the White House who's in the State House how good the business is going or any of those things. Our joy is based on whose we are, not where we are, or what the circumstances around us might be. The joy of our salvation. Boy, we need to tap into that right now, because there are tough times ahead. 
I'm not, uh, you know, I am a super patriotic person. I mean, I, I had a TV show called Red, White, Blue, and Green. My last name is Green. So Red, White, Blue, and Green. I, be, I believe in the values that America was based on. I am a flag waver. I admit it. I love the American flag. I've got one behind me right now in my studio. I mean, I, I love that. But I'm not just some kind of, you know, Pollyanna wave the flag to feel good person at all. I wave that flag because I understand what that flag stands for. I understand why that particular flag is worthy of being waved. I understand what America has done in the world and why this is the greatest, most powerful, most free, most benevolent nation the world has ever known. So I am certainly a flag waver and, and uh, patriotic, but with reason and with cause. And, and, and because of that, because I love my country, and because I want my children and grandchildren to live in freedom, I have to be honest. I have to be eyes wide open about what we're facing. And there are significant challenges in the American culture right now. Now, that's not because of some surprise. Uh, that's actually because the laws of nature and nature's God don't change. That's because if you put in bad inputs, you get bad outputs. It's really that simple. I don't look at the culture decaying and all the bad results we've got right now from out of control inflation to the ridiculous energy prices to to an, an open border with two million crossing and, and, and 600,000 gotaways, meaning we don't know who they are or where they are. Uh, I don't look at uh, all of the all of the government control from Washington, D.C. and the and the man, unconstitutional, unscientific mandates and the masking of children, which is child abuse. And now the jabbing of children, which is horrific child abuse and all of the things that they're doing. I don't look at all that in despair. I look at all that and say, OK, those are really bad results and bad results come from bad inputs, bad policies. Where do bad policies come from? Well, they come from bad leaders. And where do bad leaders come from in our system? From us. See, in our system, if we're going to obey the command where Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's, we better study and recognize who is Caesar in our day, in our nation. It's, it's not a dictator. Caesar is you. Caesar is me. We, the people, is how our constitution works. And in a, in a constitutional republic where the people are in charge, then ultimately we have the final say, which also means ultimately we are responsible, which ultimately means this is not just a right. It's not just a privilege. This is a duty. This is a responsibility. This is, if you want to look at it this way, it's a burden. We're not to just enjoy the blessings of liberty. We're to bear the burden of preserving those blessings of liberty, of protecting them, of passing them to the next generation. The parable of the talents fits perfectly here because we are one of those three servants. We have been given a talent called freedom. The master has left us with an amazing nation, with an amazing system where we get to choose our leaders. Most people who ever lived on the planet did not get to do that. We get a privilege and a responsibility that most people who have ever lived did not have. And yet we do. We have this talent of freedom that the master has given to us. What are we going to do with it? I, you know, I sure don't want the master to come back and tell me that I was a wicked and slothful servant for not using the talent, for not participating in the talent, for not multiplying the talent. I want to be one of those other two that does such a good job with the talent he's given us right here, right now, that he says, wow, great job. Now I want to give you more responsibility. Let's be that guy, that gal. Let's be good servants of Christ and use this talent of freedom he's given us. 
We're going to talk about how to do that today. We're going to talk about some of the things going on. Of course, the hearings for a new Supreme Court justice and a lot of other things happening. We'll be commenting on those and taking your calls. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to AFA at the core. I'm Rick Green. You can check it out at PatriotAcademy.com if you want to learn more. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A generation has been taught they descend from animals, that there is no God. They've been taught they are nothing more than a cosmic accident. They have no purpose, and life has no meaning. Life's meaninglessness has been punctuated for them by the 60 million children who've been slaughtered in the womb and counting. But society is shocked when they act out exactly as they have been taught, like animals with no conscience. Respect for human life begins with respect for the life giver. America needs repentance. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Remember when your little girl climbed into your lap with an abundance of hugs and kisses? The time she grabbed her blanket and cuddled up to you unprompted? Now it seems like overnight she's in a phase where she doesn't need you to hold her hand anymore and she doesn't understand your insistent need for cuddles. It's hard to deal with the fact that our little girls grow up and go through different phases as they mature. When it seems like she is backing away, you must resist the tendency to do the same. A phase is just that. Persevere in building a relationship with your girl. As Galatians reminds us, at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. This is Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. You can learn more about me at PatriotAcademy.com. If you're not familiar with Patriot Academy, we are all about teaching citizens and inspiring citizens to live out their freedom, to accept their responsibility 
to be good citizens. We like to say biblical citizens because we think that combination is what actually is the best salt, the best preservative that brings out the best flavor in the culture. If you follow what God says your job as a citizen is and what government should look like, and you're only going to get that, of course, from the Bible, but then you also study the Constitution and you study what your system that you've been born into here or come to here in America, how it works. And so you combine those two things, become a biblical citizen. And if you do that, it's not just going to be better for you and your family. It's going to bless generations to come. So biblical citizens is what it's all about. Uh, PatriotAcademy.com. If you want to join us in one of our classes, we give them away for free. You can become a coach yourself and host those classes in your home or living room, in your living room or at your church or wherever uh, is, is good for you. And we've got them going all over the country. 12,000 constitution coaches now, uh, thousands of classes, people. I mean, some of these classes, man, they got four to 500 people coming to churches and going into overflow rooms. There's a there's a, there are prairie fires of liberty all over the country happening right now. So I want to encourage you. You know, I was talking in the first segment about eyes wide open, realizing the challenges we face. But, man, I can also at the same time say to you, be of good cheer, because despite all those challenges, God has given us the answers to every single problem that we're facing. There's nothing that that we're facing, whether in your personal life, whether it's a health issue, a business, a relationship or church, whatever it might be, whether it's your community, whether it's our nation as a whole or frankly, the world geopolitical issues out there. None of them are without an answer. And the beauty is that God gave us all those answers in his word, the instruction manual for life. And the more we dive into his word, the more we literally soak it up. I mean, the more it's the atmosphere that we're breathing the more quickly those answers come and the more quickly we're able to help and be an encouragement to others and maybe be the one in our community to run for the school board or the city council or whatever it might be, or just go testify at those places or, or write a letter to some of those people and encourage them with the answers. So that's the number one thing I could challenge you to do today is be in God's word, find those answers uh, for all of life's issues. Solomon was right. Nothing new under the sun. Absolutely nothing new under the sun. Everything we're facing as someone somewhere has faced that. None of these issues are new. You might say, well, yeah, Rick, but they didn't have airplanes, you know, 200 years ago. Or they didn't have this. or They didn't have that. That's just travel. That's just I mean, everything fits into a category uh, where the principles have not changed. Yeah, the, the means, the technology, the particular tool might have changed, but the principles have not changed. Therefore, the answers have not changed. It also means the problems haven't changed. The nature of man, I mean, the nature of man is to take advantage of the neighbor. It is the nature of man is to be sinful. The nature of man is to want power. The nature of man is to conquer. I mean, that's just the way of mankind throughout history. And thankfully, thankfully, God has given us the ways to respond to that, and he's given us ways to here on earth mitigate the damage of that sin and mitigate the damage of those who, who want that power. And, you know, we I, I think we're spoiled in America because we've enjoyed such a wonderful time of freedom and liberty for so many years that we forget that, hey, this is kind of unique in the history of the world, what we're experiencing. And we want it to last. We better figure out what that formula was that produced it. We'd love to talk to you about it. Call in with your questions or comments, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We'll get to as many calls as we can. Real quick, want to comment on, on the hearings <clears throat> Excuse me, this week. You know, this is uh, typical of the last really 50, 60 years where a Supreme Court nomination becomes the obsession of the country. Now, that is not how the founding fathers saw it. They would have laughed 
at, uh, at how uptight we are over a Supreme Court nominee. Why? Because the Supreme Court was the intended to be the weakest of the three branches, not a place where you had to fear your liberty being taken from you, not a place that would make policy decisions. In, in our case, think about it. Nine unelected, unaccountable lawyers in Washington, D.C., and we have allowed them to make law for 330 million people. Does anybody think that's a good idea? Unelected, unaccountable, aristocrats, basically, making law for 330 million people. <clears throat> that's a bad system. I don't care if you're left, right, center, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, Daffy Duck Party, whatever your particular leanings might be, everybody should agree. We should not have unelected, unaccountable lawyers in Washington, D.C. making law for 330 million people. That was never the design of the Supreme Court. Alexander Hamilton in Federalist 78 laid it out very clear. In fact, he said, you don't ever have to worry about the court taking away your liberty. No reason to fear the court. It's so weak, it can't do anything. He said, however, if the court ever gets into the other two branches, in other words, if the judiciary ever gets over into the legislative branch and starts making law or gets over into the executive branch and starts enforcing law, then you have everything to fear from the court. <clears throat> I think that's where we are today, folks. I think we're at a place where we have allowed this court to get way outside its lane, way outside its responsibility. And it is now making law for our country. And that's why everybody freaks out over a Supreme Court nomination. Now, this one, everybody's not freaking out as much because it doesn't change the makeup of the court. You're still going to have three extremely liberal left-wing justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. One that, who knows where Justice Roberts is going to end up at the end of every day. And, uh, and then five that... Um, well, really, you got two or three, even out of the five supposed conservatives, that you don't really know where they're going to end up, and really, you only have Alito and Thomas as as rock ribbed conservatives that you can that you can count on. Uh, but anyway, the, the makeup of the court's not going to change, so, and 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 so that's why people are not freaking out over this nomination like they did with Kavanaugh, like they did with Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, those they knew this will change the makeup of the court that will change the decisions, potentially overturn Roe v. Wade, all kinds of other issues. That's the big one, but all kinds of other issues. So that's why everybody freaked out even more a couple of years ago uh, with those nominations, or last year, I guess, with, uh, with wow, no, it's already, <laughs> we're in 2022. I got to catch up with my calendar here. So it's been a year and what, three or four or five months, year and a half, I guess, since Amy Coney Barrett. Anyway, all of that to say, uh, this particular nomination by, um, our our uh, uh, current occupant of the White House. Um, I say that because I don't even know who's in charge. I mean, the president comes out and gives speeches and constantly says they told me to do this and they told me to do that. So I don't even know who's actually the president right now. Supposedly Joe Biden, but I'm not sure the guy's all there anyway. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, anybody watching any press conference knows he's not not all there. But at any rate, the administration has uh, has has nominated. Um, uh, what I would argue is probably the most left-wing, uh, you know, Supreme Court nominee of of, of our lifetime, perhaps of uh, in the history of the United States of America. I mean, any any uh, objective observer of Katanji Brown Jackson's testimony and certainly her decisions that she's already been a part of, and the fact that she's supported by the most radical left-wing organizations in the country. It's obvious. I mean, she will be the most, and 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 that's saying a lot that you could have somebody more left wing um, than than a couple of the the sitting members of the of the court. But there's no question she's way out there, way left wing. 
And the Republicans have, have I, I want to thank them, the, the Senate Republicans, for not rolling over and just saying, well, you know, you know, President Biden's got the votes and we're just going to roll over and let him have his nominee because that's what Republicans tend to do. Unfortunately, it's ridiculous. Democrats fight tooth and nail every step of the way. They scratch and claw for their, you know, what I would argue is very anti-American policies most of the time these days. Didn't used to be that way. Used to. You had Democrats and Republicans both fighting for freedom. And unfortunately, it's not that way anymore. You may or may not feel the same way. Let me know if you don't or do. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. That's 888-589-8840. But I think based on what they have pressed for in the last uh, decade or so, it's clear. uh, Very, very different philosophies, but also different fighting styles. And Republicans need to get more backbone. Well, I think some of those uh, Republicans on the at least on the Judiciary Committee have have had some good backbone this way this week and been willing to say, no, we're not rolling over. We're going to we're going to ask the questions. We're going to expose the nominee for what she is, a left wing radical. And uh, so hats off to to Cruz and Holly and and Blackburn and and uh, several of the others that uh, have done a good job of bringing out uh, the horrific record uh, where she's let pedophiles off with really light sentences. Um, seems to in her questioning or her questions think that that's okay uh she basically is uh, making excuses for pedophiles these are people with with child pornography uh and and she's essentially you know making excuses for them it's uh, that's a scary thought folks to have somebody like that on the u.s supreme court so that and a bunch of other things she can't define a woman are you kidding me i mean that was the whole point right joe biden was a racist and a sexist by saying i will only appoint a black woman Folks, that is the opposite of MLK's dream. That is racism and sexism in and of itself, that she will only consider someone that has the right color of skin, has the right sex organs. That is wrong. That is evil. That is, uh, It was wrong when Ronald Reagan, one of my favorite presidents in history, when he said that he was going to appoint a woman instead of choosing the best candidate. And if, it, if you appoint a woman and, and she's the best candidate, great. If you appoint a man, then you should appoint the best candidate. If they happen to be a certain color skin or a certain sex, so be it. So Reagan was wrong for that. And folks, don't start getting mad at you. That might like, you know, people might be upset with me for calling out Ronald Reagan. I got a kid named Reagan. I got another kid born on Ronald Reagan's birthday and had a dog named Dutch. All right. I got the Reagan credentials, made a documentary about him. He's ranked number four out of all the presidents in my in my uh, best presidents. So I'm a Reagan fan, but he was wrong on <clears throat> on that one. Uh, nobody's perfect. Everybody's got some things that they uh, that they did wrong. But in this case, with this nominee, um, radical left wing. Uh, I just think, you know, and, and, and these these Republicans have done a good job fighting. I think, though, I, I, I they're missing the best point of all. And I wish they would spend more time on the best point of all. And, and Mark Levin, the great one, hammered on this earlier this week. I've been talking about it on some shows that I've been on. Uh, the most important question anybody should ask of any judicial nominee, not just Supreme Court, but appellate court, judicial, you know, down to the district court level. The most important factor in any federal judge is a very simple question. Do they respect the Constitution as the supreme law of the land? Or do they worship at the feet of stare decisis and this God complex of the black-robed aristocrats? In other words, the judicial branch. Which one is it? Does the Constitution hold or is it all these Supreme Court decisions? I have argued for 12 years that we don't live under the Constitution in America. We live under the Court-stitution. The Court-stitution that has been created by these, I think, witches in black robes standing around the kettle, throwing in a phrase here and a phrase there, and they create this witch's brew that I call the Constitution, and that becomes supposedly the law of the land, and it's confusing, and it changes, and it's it's not what a constitutional republic is all about. And so does she believe in the Constitution or the Constitution? 
Does she believe in the constitutional jurisdictions that the Constitution limits the court to and limits, frankly, the entire federal government? Or does she think that the court can do whatever it wants, modifying laws, making law, expanding federal jurisdiction, giving the federal government more and more power? That's the most important question. They should have spent days on that question because they could have educated the American people, educated their fellow U.S. senators, and frankly, educated the nominee on the proper role of the court and how the Constitution was intended to work. Because, folks, at the at the heart of it, every one of our problems are based on civic ignorance. We don't know how this system is supposed to work, and so we've allowed these people to destroy the constitutional limitations, jurisdictions, authority, and that's why we're in the mess that we're in. Let's go to the phones. Janet in Texas calling about the Supreme Court nominee. Janet, what part of Texas you calling from? Hey, Janet, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? I hear you. Where are you calling from in Texas? I'm calling from the Texas Panhandle. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question? Well, I'm just going to say Jackson is very extremely disqualified. She should not be on any Supreme Court, period. Uh, If she, being a woman, doesn't know what a woman is, then that's the first issue. Okay, then... That she was asked, when does life begin? She doesn't know that. In our Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence, it acknowledges the inalienable, right, the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you know what? If they can't honor life, and they always go by say, oh, well, we got to go by the science. Well, scientifically, yes. Biblically first. And then scientifically, yes it can be proven that life begins at the point of conception. And our, our framers put, they acknowledge the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because they look to the Lord God for guidance and direction and to the Bible for the principles that founded America. And they knew Amen. it started with life. And I anyone agree with- that is going to be on a constitu- on a Supreme Court of any kind, state or national, or, or nation, national, our U.S. Supreme Court, I should say, they yeah. uh, they have got to get serious with. I'm talking about any elected official. Also, they've got to when they say their pledge of oath, they must be serious because I think we need an amendment to our, our uh, constitution stating that. If anyone that is elected to an office or put on the, the Supreme Court, if they uh, go against or speak against the Constitution one time, they are taken out of their office and position. Yep. Yeah. Well, Janet, I'm, I'm bumping up against a hard break here, so let okay, me let me uh, respond to. Yeah. Thank you for the call. It's fantastic. Uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, folks, you don't get to pursuit of happiness, you don't get to liberty if you don't have life. I mean, Janet's right. That's the number one issue. It should be the number one issue every time you vote. Is that candidate pro-life or pro-death? Are they pro-life? Are they for protecting innocent life? Are they okay with you taking it? You know, everybody freaked out over this bill filed in, in Maryland that this uh, this crazy legislator there wanted to allow you to kill a baby up to 28 days after birth. After birth. But, folks, Barack Obama, as a state senator in Illinois, twice supported legislation to allow babies to die after they had survived an abortion. So they'd survived the abortion. They're alive. They're alive out of the womb on the table. 
and he supported the idea that you could kill that baby, let it die, stick it in a closet till it dies, suffer, all of those things. So this this pro-abortion, pro-death mindset, absolutely, Janet's right. Somebody with that has no business serving on a court, serving in a legislature, serving in, in Congress. They're not protecting life. Without uh, life, you can't have liberty. Without liberty, you can't have that pursuit of happiness. I got a few more thoughts on this uh, Supreme Court nominee and, and the whole idea of the proper role of the court and uh, getting back to the Constitution, folks. That's what we're saying. we got to get back to those constitutional jurisdictions. Without that, you will not have freedom last in this country. You can call in, folks. We'd love to have you. 888-589-8840. Quick break. We'll be right back with AFA at the core. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana, during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. When we think in terms of authorship of the Bible, we have essentially a dual authorship. Pastor Alistair Begg from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. So it's true to say that Paul wrote Romans. It's equally true to say that God wrote Romans. And the great wonder of it is that without any violation of Paul's personality or his intellect, um, God, through the instrumentation of the Holy Spirit, both uh, provided Paul and enabled Paul to write as he wrote. And that would be true for all the Bible authors. And so it is at once uh, an entirely divine book, and yet it is an entirely divine book that uses uh, human authors in order to provide us with the text. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. 
Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. This is Rick Green. I'm filling in for Walker Wildman today. You can learn more about me at PatriotAcademy.com, where you can also sign up to be a Constitution coach and start hosting classes in your home or at your church or wherever you'd like, but start getting people educated on biblical citizenship. And then one other thing I want to make sure I mention today is that our our Leadership Congress, our that's our youth program we do in state capitals around the country, and American Family Association is a great supporter of that, and we get a lot of students from listening to AFR. So please consider sending your young person, 16 to 25 years old, to one of these programs around the country. I promise you, you send us the young people, we'll send you back leaders. They get steeped in biblical worldview, leadership skills. They live the life of a legislator for a week. It's a really, really exciting program uh, and and making a big, big difference. Our graduates are serving all over the place and uh, in every area of the culture, business, politics, you name it. So we would love for you to be a part of that as well. Come join us. Okay, 888-589-8840 for your call. Got a few people waiting. Give me one second, folks, and I'll jump right back into the calls. But I got to tell you, on this Katanji Brown, uh, the, this whole uh, you know hearing, the things they're talking about. Uh, listen, Judge Jackson is a left winger. There's just no question about it. And she even gave a little bit of lip service to original intent. You know, she talked about uh, trying to trying to glean the meaning of whatever the legislators were that passed a particular law. She didn't talk about the founding fathers. And how you go back to original intent of the actual Constitution itself, because she doesn't care about the Constitution. Her rulings reveal no respect or understanding of constitutional jurisdictions or limitations on, um, you know, the the the, the uh, ways that federal judges can rule. Uh, she's been overruled multiple times for exceeding her authority. In other words, she's gone beyond what the court is allowed to do. She's tried to use the judicial branch to make law. This is before getting. You know, she's probably going to end up on the Supreme Court. I don't know. If they've raised enough red flags this week to get the, uh, you know, uh, the Republicans to hold against her and and, and hopefully one Democrat vote against her. I, I doubt it. But you know what? God can do amazing things. I, I'm surprised at, at how much attention that uh, some of her negatives uh, have gotten. But but back to the main issue here, the, the proper role of the Constitution and the courts. That's what we ought to be talking about her, uh, to her more and more. And, and, and she has actually she refuses to recognize this well-established constitutional principle called positive exception. It's found in Article 3, Section 2. It's basically where you limit the court's jurisdiction on certain things. Uh, and the court itself has recognized that and said, hey, that's the proper role of the Congress to be able to do that. And she's just ignored that completely and ruled on things she wasn't supposed to rule on and been overruled. I mean, I, I just think you you have to know that philosophy and bring that out in these hearings because the thing is, folks, we don't know what the issues are going to be five years from now, 10 years from now. We know what the principles are. Those don't change, but we don't know what the issue might be five or 10 a year from now. We don't know what the issue is going to be. Who would have thought even during the Kavanaugh hearings, even during the Gorsuch hearings that that vaccine mandates and, and mask mandates and whether or not the federal government can do those things, who would have thought that that would have become perhaps one of the most important issues of this particular judicial term? Uh, for these judges that that Donald Trump appointed, for instance, who would have thought that that would have been the one of the burning questions of the day? Can the federal government inhibit your breathing and force a mask on you when you're traveling? Can the federal government mandate a vaccine? Now, the answer to those, just so you know, we're not going to spend any time on it today because I've covered that a lot on the program. I'd be glad to cover it on future programs. The answer is absolutely no. There is zero federal authority for any of that. The, the fact that you have to put on a mask when you get on a plane right now is absolutely an unconstitutional mandate. It's not a law. It's not even, I mean, it's just ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous what they're doing, and we don't know the proper jurisdiction of the courts. And the court itself refused to uphold the constitutional jurisdictions of, and, and, and our form of federalism and prevent the federal government from wading into those things. A vaccine mandate at the federal level, never, ever, ever in history have we thought that was a good idea. The Jacobson v. Massachusetts case from 1905 did not give any power to the federal government, and the court cannot give federal power, cannot give new power to the federal government. It can only rule on what the Constitution actually says. So I'm getting off on some tangents here, but the point is that should be the main discussion in every federal judge. What are your views of constitutional jurisdictions, and will you uphold the Constitution, not just what the pontificating of some federal judges has been over the last five years, 10 years, 50 years, doesn't matter. What she has said, what Judge Jackson has said in writing, she said she is not bound by the Constitution. She's bound by the court. So it doesn't matter what the Constitution says. It matters what the Constitution says. That is the very heart of the problem. All right, enough of my ranting and raving. Let's get back to the phones. You can call in at 888-589-8840. And it looks like Mark is next in Tennessee or in Texas. Mark in Texas. Okay, well, you know, if it's okay if you call in from Tennessee, but if you call in from Texas, you get, like, you know, special dispensation from me today. Go ahead, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, yeah it's Texas. Um, what I was saying is if the presidency is illegitimate, the foundation is faulty, what do you expect is going to happen? Whether he nominates a person, whether it's any policy, don't you think that everything that he does is going to crumble? So why are we all up in arms when we know that... Anything that he does is going to hurt us conservatives. What we need to do is where we go from here. Bible says, okay, the Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We need to look up to God and pray for these people, pray for our enemies, and hope that, you know, we get a better country in the, ne in the near future. So, you know, we are working up our spirits and our stress level going up and whatnot. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be ready to be praying for these people and allow God to put somebody who is legitimate in there to lead our people. So that's my that's my um comment, sir. And you know, yeah, we just we just Mark thanks. Yeah, amen. Mark, thanks for calling. I I agree. That's half of it. That but it's only half of it because it's 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 like John Hancock said. He was the president of the Continental Congress when we did the Declaration of Independence. He said, "I urge you by all that is dear, by all that is honorable, by all that is sacred, not only to pray, but to act." And we have to act as well. So I completely agree with you. We've got we've got to be. I'm talking intercessory prayer here. I'm talking we need a Nehemiah wall of prayer around this country. No question. I agree with you on that. But we also have to act. And so we can't just wait for the next. We can't sit around and wait for the next president in 2024. Our country will be lost by then. We have to be willing to go literally to uh, to a place of, of of thinking and switching our mindset and switching our focus and realizing this is a culture war. Now, thankfully, it's not a physical war with bullets and all that stuff. But it's the kind of war where you have to spend your your time, your money, your energy fighting to preserve freedom. And and that is a duty and responsibility. Again, it's a talent that that God has has given us. So I don't I don't think we can just pray and ask God to put somebody in. How does he put somebody in? In America, he puts somebody in through our efforts. In a constitutional republic, he puts somebody in through our work at educating people on constitutional literacy, on biblical literacy, and then get, recruiting good candidates to run for office at every level and then showing up to vote. So there's a lot of action items that we can take between now and 2024 that include getting good people elected at the local level. And frankly, I think you can make more of a difference at the local level than the, than the White House. But even at the White House and even at the presidential level, 
the things that he does for the next three years, we have to be willing to stand up and be the opposition and fight those things because you can you can mitigate the damage. There's no question. You know, I mean, he's uh, whether or not you think he got elected legitimately, which I don't think he did. I, I think there was all kinds of shenanigans. I don't think I know the Constitution was violated in six states where they changed election law at the last minute, not by the legislature, but by the either the Supreme Court or the secretary of state or the governor. That is absolutely unconstitutional and illegal. And and it allowed for a, a, a very skewed result in those states. Those electors should have been thrown out. And Donald Trump should have been president based on that, not, not based on whether or not you know, Dominion was used to uh, manipulate the, the the tally or any of that. I mean, you you could potentially make that argument. I don't know that you could win that one. I know the Constitution was violated blatantly, publicly, and you could have thrown the electors out based on that or replaced them. And anyway, that's a whole nother rabbit trail as well. But uh, appreciate your call, Mark. I just say, hey, look, you've got to fight. You got to scratch and claw. You got to be in the trenches. You got to be engaged. You got to run to the run to the roar and uh, be engaged at every level and not not just uh, just just let it go by uh, and hope for 2024. All right, Mark in Tennessee. We got back to back marks. This one in Tennessee. Mark, go ahead, man. Thank you, Rick. Uh, good to get on. And yes, I'd be interested in your organization and group to join that. But specifically to the point of the discussion today, we need to go back, yes, to God and country and the Constitution and, and the founding of our country under God. And I, as a citizen, as a Christian first, and as an American citizen, citizen and a true objective scientist with a master's degree in biology, chemistry, and geology, I say this. We've got to go back, and I've written books on this along with other scholars. We've got to go back to Genesis and show people that true objective science supports Genesis so that we can get to Christ and, and to heaven when we leave this earth and we can keep our country strong under God or he's going to give it up, just like in the Old Testament he gave up Israel when they went away. So that's the message that we all, in our millennial and our current Z generation, based on the Barner Report last year, 2201, stated that 54% of our last two generations believe in naturalistic evolution and no God. That means we're outnumbered, only 44% that believe in creation by God and God itself. So there's the problem, and there's the foundation, Rick, that we've got to get back to, or none of this arguing back and forth about issues is going to really get it. We've got to get back, and we've got to elect a good conservative leader, Christian preferably, there. And I say not, not Biden or not Donald Trump, because I knew Donald Trump in New York City back when I went there in the 80s. He's still a rascal. Yeah, he does support our country, there, but if you stack Donald Trump up with Biden, it's Trump first, then maybe America, then maybe family, then maybe God down there is for supporting us. But you don't see him come out of church on Sunday morning. You see him come off the golf course. So if he'll go through the primaries again like he did before, but not try to wrap it up before by by stress or pressure. Well, let, uh, let, let me jump in on you here. There. Yeah, yeah let, 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 let me jump in on here, here brother. I, I, look, I, I completely agree with the need to go back to Genesis, and that's part of why we do biblical citizenship. Is If we don't get the Bible part right, you're right. The citizenship part's going to fall apart. We have to do both. This is a, an Ezra-Nehemiah-type moment where you need both the spiritual and the physical and the, and the political. We've got to do all of the above. That's why the Bible applies to every area of our life. 
so no doubt you're exactly right. It starts with the foundation that has to be uh, rebuilt. That's why we work on that part as well. Um, this is one of those situations where it's got to be all hands on deck and you got to fight at, at, at every level. Um, you know, with with regard to Trump, you know, look, all I can say is I was very anti-Trump in the primary of 2016 for every reason you just stated. And uh, God loves to confound my wisdom and, and use the Nebuchadnezzars and the Cyruses of, of the world uh, sometimes to, to do his work. And I think he did that with Donald Trump. He used somebody I would have never picked uh, to, to be, frankly, uh, the, 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 mo the best supporter of, of conservative Christians and religious liberty and, and, uh, and constitutional principles uh, of, of, of my lifetime. Uh, I, frankly, even better than Ronald Reagan did. And uh, that just confounds my wisdom further, right? It's like not the person I thought would do these things, did these things. And uh, I don't know who it's going to be in 2024. Boy, the, your, your guess is as good as mine. If he decides he's going to run, uh, he likely wraps up the nomination pretty, pretty easily. My, my uh, you know, and, and, and I will say, I think Ron DeSantis is the model for the future. I think he's the, the best governor in America, has done a phenomenal job standing up to the, to the COVID insanity. And uh, and and I think without him, frankly, we wouldn't be uh, as open as we are. And, and, and states have opened when they did. Um, so, you know, he's he's good. We'll see what he does. Christy Nome, I think, is is, is great. Um, thankfully, there's a pretty good farm team out there. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting race in, in uh, 2024. Let's try to squeeze in one more call before we close this thing out. I think we've got Ray next, also in Texas. Ray, go yeah, ahead, man. It's going to be an interesting race in. Uh, Let's try to hey, turn turn your radio down, Ray. I think we've got Ray next, also in Texas. Ray, go ahead. Ray, you with me? Hey, turn, turn your radio down, Ray. All right, you got me on. All right, go for it, Ray. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah. Um, what I want to talk about is uh, the rule of law. You know, we, we got to get back to it because uh, right now, you know, other countries, they're, they're laughing at us. You know, the, the way we uh, teach in our schools, the way we teach in our colleges and, you know, holding these uh, politicians accountable for their actions. I and don't I think, disagree uh, with that one bit, man. You're right on. I mean, we have a we have we don't have. Uh, a blind justice or equal justice in America. We've got a two-tier justice system. It's 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 the reason people have, are losing faith in the system itself. And and uh, you're 100 right. I mean, the rule of law is a joke right now in America with the things that uh, that we see these people doing, not prosecuting actual crime and then prosecuting things that aren't crime. It's it's completely backwards. But all of that comes back to moral relativism and not being able to see right from wrong or being willing in an evil way to actually reward evil and punish righteousness. And that's that's all, you know, of course, we see that throughout the Bible, the warning that those things would happen. We're living in a Romans 1 situation, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. Um, and and we are, we're just in that place that we, we're reaping what has been sown in our culture for the last 60 years. The good news is it can be turned. We can turn this thing around, but we have to come back to exactly what you're saying, Ray, the rule of law, exactly what Mark was saying with actually teaching a biblical worldview and understanding our role, God's role, understanding the proper role of government. Those things can all be done, folks. Everything you're seeing in terms of bad results is caused by the festering underneath of civic and biblical ignorance. And the good news is we can change that. Ignorance is curable. So I hope that everybody out there will consider becoming a Constitution coach and teaching biblical citizenship in your home or at your church. It's absolutely free. Get signed up today at Patriot Academy. 
patriotacademy.com, patriotacademy.com, and get your young people ready for a great summer. Have them join me for a week at a state cap- capital uh, somewhere across the country and have that great experience of leadership skills and all of those great things. Thank you to American Family Association for supporting us on that. I'm Rick Green. Thank you for joining me today on AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith. Family. Freedom. American Family Radio.